Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and give us a call, 208-991-4783. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Thanks so much for all your support. Now it's time for us to take a listen to today's episode of Sherlock Holmes, The Elusive Agent, Part 2. From New York City, the makers of Clipper Craft Clothes for Men and more than 1,200 leading retail stores from coast to coast present Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's immortal character, the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes, starring John Stanley. This week, The Adventure of the Elusive Agent, Part 2. There it is, Holmes. 27 Ludwigstrasse. Ugly building. Yes, and there's the front door, Watson. Shall we mount the stairs and ring? Suicidal, I'd say. But if it's our only chance of finding that enemy agent and the plans that he's stolen... It is our only chance. And the security of the Empire depends on it. So come along. We enter this awful building alive and well, although undoubtedly we will not leave this way. Come in, Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson. We've quite a reception prepared for you. <laughs> Who is that handsome-looking man? Who is that handsome-looking man? That's you, Mr. Listener, you, in a new spring Clippercraft suit with a beautiful Clippercraft gabardine topcoat over your arm. Mm, so athletic-looking. Broad shoulders, tapering waist. That's Clippercraft designing. Clippercraft design does make you look your best every time. So prosperous-looking. Such a rich-looking suit. Such beautiful tailoring. Shh. Your new Clippercraft spring suit in 100% all wool worsted costs only $45. That's right, only $45. And your new spring Clippercraft top coat in genuine gabardine or all wool covert is only $40 to $47.50. What an impressive executive type. Mm. May be an executive and certainly a man of excellent judgment who understands that when more than 1,200 independent merchants pool their tremendous buying power, as those Clippercraft merchants have done, they can offer you really fabulous values, as they do in Clippercraft clothes. What a well-dressed man. What a handsome-looking man. What a successful-looking man. Mmm, he's for me. That's you, you, you in a new spring Clippercraft suit. Better choose yours tomorrow. Dr. Watson, last week in relating the adventure of the elusive agent, 
You left off as you and Mr. Holmes were pursuing an espionage agent named Emil Marco. Yes, Mr. Harris. Shall I recall how we were led to his trail? Yes. It was 1913. An atmosphere foreboding gripped the continent. War with Germany was imminent. British plans of priceless value had been stolen by the Germans by a young woman named Pamela Norton, a German agent. This Norton girl turned over half of the plans that she'd stolen to a chap named Gustav, who was who represented the leader of a huge espionage ring. Following the disappearance of the plans, Sir Mycroft Holmes asked his brother Sherlock to step in. In short order, Holmes and I were close to capturing the girl. But uh, you may remember, Mr. Harris, we arrived too late. She'd been killed by the master spy because she refused to turn the other half of the plans over to him without receiving a gigantic sum. The master spy then vanished without having had time to seize the missing half from the girl's dead body. Detecting the odor of a rare tobacco about the room where the girl's corpse was found, Holmes and I, we dashed to a shop in Soho, the shop of the chap named Grimsby. We'd half the plans, the Germans had the other half. Both sides were in a deadlock, for the plans were useless unless they were complete. Grimsby, the tobacconist, described his client who used that tobacco, a Mr. Emil Marco, he said. Tall, thin, with a weird habit of twitching his mouth. We learned that this Emil Marco, the master spy, was in Paris at the Hotel Metropole. Shortly thereafter, Mr. Harris, Holmes and I were aboard the boat train for Dover on our way to Paris. We sat together, very silent and tense, realizing that every moment was vital. Holmes, the compartment door is opening. Yes, we have a visitor, Watson. Look, there's a hand with a cap. Extinguish the lights in your compartment, Holmes. We'll do nothing of the sort. I will not enter until you have extinguished the lights. Do as he says, Watson. He couldn't possibly miss you from there. Well, I... Very well. Well, complete darkness. I'm sorry it is necessary for us to meet under these strange circumstances, Holmes, but it may in the future be necessary that you do not recognize me. Therefore, my request for darkness... But, George, I... Oh, I can see your silhouettes. If either of you attempts to move or calls for help, I will blow out your brains. What is the purpose of this visit, sir? You are journeying to Paris to find Mr. Emil Marco. What of it? I can save a great deal of time and trouble for you. Can you? Yes. I represent Mr. Marco. As you know, he already has half of a set of plans in his possession, but his portion is worthless because you have the other half home. Indeed, and I do not intend to surrender it. Mr. Marco is fully prepared to make an intriguing offer. What is it? Give me your half of the plans. We will pay you 20,000 pounds. Hm, rubbish. Say 30,000? The plans are not for sale. 50,000. If you finish stating the nature of your offer, sir, you may leave. Huh. I've never found myself in a situation where enough money would not provide a happy solution. You have a price, Holmes, I'm sure. I most certainly have not. There may well be persons of differing political views who would betray the British Empire. I'm not one of them. Come, come, Holmes, very touching. Now, would you name your price? There isn't any. Holmes, you are forcing us to take the plans from you. If you can find my half. And you are forcing us to kill you. If that can be arranged. Might I point out that in our organization we never kill our opponents in an ordinary manner? That we prefer to torture them to death? I'd accept the money if I were you. My answer is a definite and final no. 
You might inform Emil Marco that I intend to secure his half of the plans and return them to Whitehall. Very ambitious, but you underestimate the power of Marco's organization, which will now be devoted to securing your half of the plans and to conceiving new and exciting torture devices for you and Dr. Watson. Good night, gentlemen. I planned this as a short and pleasant visit. I trust that it was. Well, it's after the rascal holds it. futile, Watson. He's armed. We're not. Even in these few seconds, doubtless, he disappeared into another compartment. Besides, we've no idea what he looks like. We must wait, Watson. The Paris, the Hotel Metropole. I will open the door. Ah, bonsoir. Bonsoir, mademoiselle. I am Sherlock Holmes. My colleague, Dr. Watson. Oh, how do you do? Enchanté. The clerk downstairs told us this was Emile Marco's suite. It is. May we come in? Yes, of course. I am Mademoiselle Mathilde Piaget. Emile is not here. Make yourselves comfortable, gentlemen. Thank you. May I help you? When will Mr. Marco return, mademoiselle? Emil said he would return tonight at nine. You are a friend of his, I presume? I met Emil at the bar of his hotel just a short time ago. But um, we are already very close friends. You know much about him? I never ask questions. What my gentlemen acquaintances do is their business. I see. This Marco, is he uh, tall, thin... Yes, with green eyes. Fascinating. Exciting. Does he have a curious habit of twitching his mouth? He does. Well, he's our man, Holmes. What do you want with him? I thought you were more interested in details about your gentleman acquaintances. Mm. Very well. Savete, gal. I do not care. Emile has an exquisite suite here. He has invited me to enjoy it until his return. Would you care to wait? Have a drink? Perhaps we may become friends, too. Thank you, no. We've more urgent matters at hand. Come, Watson, to our room. Mademoiselle, we shall return at nine sharp to meet Emile Marco. Uh, these are lovely rooms they've given us here at the hotel, eh, Holmes? Yes, Watson. But obviously an intruder has chosen to upset the decor. Yes, Joe, someone has been here to our rooms. Made a ghastly mess of them. Look, they've opened every drawer in the chest. And our luggage. Yes, forced open and the contents strewn on the floor. I should say the alluring demoiselle was also a member of this fantastic ring of spies that's closing in on us. Mathilde? Do you really think so? Quite. Clearly, the objective was to lure us to Marco's suite, occupy us temporarily, while others went through our luggage here in our room. But the plans, Holmes, they were here in your valise. They may have stolen your half of the plans. Precisely why I'm rummaging through the luggage. Well, are they gone? Yes, Watson. The plans are gone. Well, then you bungled it, Holmes. For the first time in your t- entire career, Holmes, you, you bungled it. And, uh, for such high stakes. Have I? Do you hear... Do you hear a strange sound, huh? Yes, I do. Coming from that closet to your left. Open it, Watson. Careful. Yes, right. See anything in there? Well, one of my traveling bags, that's all. Are you sure? Absolutely. Bring the bag here to me quickly. All right. Uh, there you are. Yes, the chicken's coming from inside the bag. Open it, man, instantly. It may be a time bomb placed there by Marco's ring. Time bomb? Yes. Just one second. I'll just open this catch. Hurry, hurry. The clothing. Take it out, Watson. We must see. Yes. 
See the shoes and shoes? Yes, I see it, Holmes. It's a small black object. Quick, give it to me. Watson, open the window. Throw it, man. Hurry, go on, Holmes. We'll be killed. Went off in the yard. We were a split second away from being blown to bits. Yes, quite. The stairway, Watson. Follow me. Uh, where to? Downstairs. I shall speak to the clerk at the main desk. I don't believe a word that French girl said. I do not believe Marco's gone until nine. I do believe that if we challenge this spy ring that has us trapped here in the hotel, it'll be death immediately, either for them or for us. And that is just the way I want it. Tell me again about that handsome-looking man. He's for me. The best-dressed man in any crowd is the man who wears Clippercraft clothes. For spring, new all-wool worsted Clippercraft suits, only $45. Clippercraft topcoats in all-wool gabardine or covert, only $40 to $47.50. Handsomely styled, tailored to the finest standards of traditional New England craftsmanship, Clippercraft clothes take their name from the famous New England Clipper ships and the speedy airliners of the same name. Sold by more than 1,200 independent local merchants from coast to coast, the leading hometown merchants everywhere. That's why the ladies say, when they see you in your new Clippercraft spring suit... Who's that handsome, successful-looking man? Mmm, he's for me. And that's why men who know insist on Clippercraft clothes bearing the Clippercraft label. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clippercraft in your suits and topcoats. In Manhattan, Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th, John Wanamaker's Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street. In Brooklyn, Abram and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. Dr. Watson, I, I can't recall you and Mr. Holmes being in a more baffling and dangerous situation than at the Hotel Metropole in Paris, a few steps behind Emil Marco, the elusive enemy agent. It was extremely dangerous, Mr. Harris. Marco's German spy ring, which seemed to be everywhere we turned, had found Holmes's half of the infinitely valuable British war plans and had vanished with it. Holmes and I hurried to the front desk of the hotel uh, to question the clerk. I understand, Clark, that Mr. Emil Marco will return here at nine this evening. Monsieur Marco? Yes. Uh, did you go to his suite earlier this evening, Monsieur Holmes? Yes, 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 I did. There was a young lady there. I am sorry that you went directly to Monsieur Marco's suite. If you had stopped to inquire here, I might have saved time for you. You see, Monsieur Marco left this afternoon. Uh, permanently. Well, all... And the young lady in his suite, Mathilde Piaget? The mademoiselle left uh, just a few moments ago. Do you know where she's gone? I believe she said something about the train to Berlin. Uh, she was in great hurry. To meet Emil Marco, no doubt, eh, Holmes? What time does the train depart for Berlin? It departs in approximately four minutes. Well, there's not enough time for us to reach the station. Perhaps not, Watson, but there's nothing to prevent our boarding the train after it and rushing to Berlin. Uh, the train after it departs in two hours, Monsieur Holmes. We should be aboard that train, Watson. Thank you, Clark. Uh, about the service. Berlin, Holmes, are you mad? The very center of the German government? Well, if we've almost been murdered outside of Germany, what on earth might happen to us were we found in Berlin? Our personal safety does not matter in this case, Watson. We are on a counter-espionage assignment for the British governor. By all the rules of international intelligence, you and I are expendable. 
My brother Mycroft made it clear that possession of these plans may mean triumph or defeat in a war with Germany. So you and I, my dear Watson, are petty marionettes. We'll fetch our luggage and ride to Berlin. It's awfully crowded, this Berlin station home. Yes, Watson, and I dare say this crowd is neatly spiced with Marco's men awaiting an opportunity to strike them. Very foolhardy, Holmes. You have entered the trap this way. How the dickens will you ever find that French girl? Or Marco? Elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. Yes, but, but in all of Berlin? With those secret agents at every turn, scheming about our death? I insist, as always, I have a method. Latest newspapers, buy your newspapers our here. Our first problem, Watson, will be to leave this station alive. Yes, quite. Anyone in this crowd may be an agent with a knife or a gun. Quite. Keep your eyes open. Newspaper, gentlemen. No, thank you. All the news, gentlemen, just to finish. All the news. We told you we don't want a newspaper. Now, I'll be off with you. This way, Watson, there's the exit. A crude news vendor practically shoved the newspaper down our throats. Yeah. I say it's very dark outside the station here, Holmes. Is it advisable for us to step out this way? We cannot remain here at the railway terminal. We must find our coquette and Marco. Right as they exit. One moment, Holmes. What is it? That news vendor. He seems to be following us. Just your imagination. No, I don't think so. He was at the center of the station when we stepped off the train. He's been right behind us ever since. All right. Walk through the exit. That's it. Watch him. He's still behind us. Back into this doorway. It's as black as bitch. We lose him. Yes, right. Now, wait. See if he comes through the exit. We'll be helpless, Holmes. I'm sure he has a gun. Shh. Wait. There he is. He's looking about. I see you two gentlemen in the doorway. You'll remain there, please. Do not move. Do not speak. I have a gun. I'm coming over to chat with you. Good evening, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. If you intend to kill us, go on and shoot. Be over with it. I should like to introduce myself. My name is Collins, British Intelligence. <coughs> British Intelligence? Uh -huh. Then you received my wire. We did. Wire? What wire? The moment I knew the French girl had left for Berlin, Watson, while you were packing our luggage, I sent a wire here to British Intelligence in code. Mycroft had given me the information as to the technique, if required. My wire described Mathilde in detail. I told British Intelligence to pick her up here at the station and keep after her. Then to communicate with us at the moment we left the train. We spotted her leaving the train. We followed. Excellent. I'm sorry if I gave you a bit of a scare following you this way. I, I had no choice in the matter. I had to force you to stand here. You might have believed I was a German agent and fled. Where is Mathilde? She's gone to a building on the outskirts of Berlin. An old ramshackle building. Awful place. 27 Ludwigstrasse. Ah, thank you, Collins. You've done a superb job. Are you going to 27 Ludwigstrasse now, Mr. Holmes? This very minute. Just you and Dr. Watson? Just the two of us. A third party might alarm the Germans so much that they'd simply fire at us as we approach the building. It must be more beguiling. It must appear as though Watson and I are merely dupes falling into their hands. Holmes, how can the two of us possibly hope to overcome whatever crew of blasted devils is at 27 Ludwigstrasse? It does seem rash, Mr. Holmes. Nevertheless, it must be done. Watson and I must enter that building if we're to find Marco and the plans. We must enter it alone, alive, and well. Although we may not leave that way. There it is, Harold. 27 Ludwigstrasse. It's an ugly building. Mm. Front door, Watson. 
Shall we mount the stairs and ring? Suicidal, I'd say. But if it's our only chance, I'll... Come along, then. Monsieur Holmes. Dr. Watson, I am so happy to see you again. Mademoiselle, may we come in? Certainly. I'm delighted. Won't you make yourselves comfortable? Thank you. You've been expecting us, of course. Of course. We were sorry that our time bomb did not kill you at the Hotel Metropole. We realized you would continue your efforts to find Emil Marco and the plans our men took from your luggage. Where is Marco? I am afraid you will not meet him, Dr. Watson. And why won't we meet this Marco? Oh, because we are going to kill you, Monsieur Holmes. Oh? Oh, I am being rude. I have forgot. A cigarette? Drink? If you think we're going to remain seated here doing nothing, just accepting this, I'm or... afraid there isn't anything you can do about it, Dr. Watson. Ah, I recognize the voice. Our visitor in the train compartment. Yes, Holmes. I may introduce myself now. My name is Gustav. Like Matilda, I'm an employee of Emil Marco, his personal representative. And I still have that same gun, you see. You've played a rather deplorable trick on us, Mr. Holmes. Have I, Gustav? We wanted your half of the plans. You left them in your luggage. We examined them carefully. Yes. They are false. They're not really your half of the plans at all, are they? An excellent counterfeit, but with its weakness. Well, that's wonderful, Holmes. Then they haven't the real half they wanted, eh? I've hardly been stupid enough to have gallivanted about the continent carrying the real half. I resent that, Gustav. You've underestimated me. I beg your pardon. Now, as for the business at hand, I'd like you to meet a friend of ours. Peter. Yeah, Gustav. Peter, this is Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson. I see. I will take care of them for you. Peter was a wrestler. Unfortunately, he was drugged. His tactics were illegal. Too cruel. You may leave, Matilda. Yes, Gustav. Good night, Mr. Holmes. Doctor? Peter has made quite a study of the human body, Holmes. He's a specialist in various methods of creating unbearable pain. Yeah. I have my own way. Holmes, we want to know exactly where the real half of the plans is. Your half. I haven't the slightest intention of revealing that, Gustav. Dr. Watson, could Holmes have told you where he has hidden those papers? He did not. If he did, I would defy you to learn their whereabouts. I was afraid this would be your answer. You're a reckless gentleman, Holmes. You force me to take all sorts of steps that I'm most reluctant to take. I'm a mild man at soul. I believe the problems of man versus man can be settled on a cordial level. I dislike animal tactics. But, uh, since you insist, eat up. Yeah, Gustav. Ready. I will make them talk very quickly by taking hold of the arm. You may recall, Holmes, in the train compartment, I said we never kill our opponents in an ordinary manner. We torture them to death. I want to know where the papers are, Holmes. But perhaps it will require just a bit of persuasion. Peter. Yeah. So, I take this, Holmes, and... That's it, Peter. That's it. Go on. Persuade them! Yeah. Uh, Dr. Watson, are you going to stop here at this crucial point? Well, time will allow no more for this evening, Mr. Harris. However, next week, 
I shall tell you the utterly astonishing end of our adventure of the elusive agent, the most surprising development in all of Holmes's adventures. The final chapter concerned a horrible illusion, a bloody battle in an abandoned castle, and a revelation about the missing plans that altered the entire course of the First World War. The makers of Clippercraft clothes and more than 1,200 stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Our stories are based upon the character Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and the program is produced and directed by Basil Lockridge. Sherlock Holmes is played by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by George Spelman. This week's story was written by Howard Merrill, with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in the final chapter of The Adventure of the Elusive Agent. This is Cy Harris speaking for Clippercraft Clothes. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, this is definitely beginning to have a whole uh, James Bond vibe going for it. You know, I almost expected the villains, you know, at some point to say, no, Mr. Holmes, I don't expect you to talk. I expect you to die. Um, though we kind of got the opposite here. I love the uh, cheerful female uh, henchman. You know, she's just so chipper and upbeat and uh, happy like you know, she like she's talking about an evening of uh, shuffleboard and dinner theater rather than about the uh, coming demise of Holmes and Watson. But I like this serial. I, I even like the ads on this one, you know, in the sense of that whole um, it's so bad, it's a good thing. You know, sometimes some of the ads have just been like, oh, that's just, you know, over the line or silly. This one really gets into that category with the whole, that's for me, line. And they definitely had a good cliffhanger, so this will be a lot of fun to see how this wraps up next Thursday. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and Bob comments regarding episode 824, that's the Blue Carbuncle, uh, more entertaining than the video productions. Thanks. Well, thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Bob. Uh, and that will actually do it for today. We will be back uh, next Thursday with the conclusion of The Elusive Agent. And join us tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And on Saturday, get ready for the lineup. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and give us a call, 208-991-4783. And be sure and fill out our listener survey, survey.greatdetectives.net. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.